So a guy walks into a bar and says to the bartender, where do you get your confidence? The bartender looks at him and says, I don't get it from anywhere. The guy says, where does it come from? The bartender looks at him and says, well, what does he say? This is Stefan Ravalli telling you that this is it. Everything you need is available to you right here, right now. All the skills, insight, joy, fluidity, wisdom, growth, inspiration, all depends on your relationship to what you do and to yourself. You see, I've realized after over like a decade in hospitality and then also teaching meditation and mindfulness, the grit and grime of service life, like waiting tables in a restaurant, that's where everything I've cultivated gets actioned and tested. That's where you can learn everything you need to know about mastering yourself. Welcome to the Serve Conscious Podcast. Let's talk about how this all works. Hello, hello. Welcome. So I'm hoping that the energizing quality of recording helps put a spring in my step, a spring in my voice since uh, I'm a little tired. I've been uh, having late nights, early mornings, um, working a lot, pushing myself pretty hard with all the projects that I feel really, really strong belief in. Um, been demanding a lot of my time, plus I'm uh, working in a restaurant in the evening, so in theory I should go to bed when I get home, but no, just keep working on stuff, then I get up early, work on stuff more. What's driving me? Am I absolutely mad, or is it something deeper? And really, what keeps these fires stoked? We're going to talk about that today. So, one of these projects that I've devoted so much of my bandwidth to is a book, which will talk about everything I wish I was taught as a young service professional and as someone who wanted to better myself. But even as a meditator, even as someone teaching meditation, there were also gaps to fill in, in terms of like a total package of self-cultivation. And this involved really knowing how to serve, like understanding the essence of service, the art of taking who I am, the best of what I have to offer and bringing it to the world. So it's essentially a mindful service manual, the likes of which have never been done before. Every page of it is relevant to service professionals, yes, but I think it's for everybody. I'm writing it for everybody. These principles will elevate anyone's life. No matter where you're at, these are mindsets that will facilitate a fulfilling and skillful life. That's my mission, to teach people these things. So more on that later. I'm just telling you this so you know that many of the forthcoming podcast episodes are going to be focused on chapters or sections of this book, which uh, doesn't change the direction of the show very much at all, since actually the book elaborates on so many of the topics and themes that I've discussed in the podcast. The book will just take the reader deeper into these concepts, as well as build a whole comprehensive framework to help us show up to this role of service, both uh, personally and professionally. So, really excited about where things are going now. 
So, on to today's episode. I thought I'd start with the theme of confidence so you can be, you know, confused as to whether I'm a meditation and mindfulness teacher or a dating coach. (laughs) Because the thing is, we don't really understand what confidence is, so I really want to clarify confidence, especially in the context of service. We tend to think of it as this sort of aggressive, maybe warrior-like quality, but in fact, it is a main driving force behind people who are even on like an Eastern path of spirituality or or self-development. They are looking to establish a certain level of confidence. So I'm going to give you some scenarios. As an experienced hospitality professional, in recent years, I am still certainly capable of, of messing things up on a technical level. Like just something not quite right with whatever it is I'm delivering to a table. Could be innocent, could be a genuine careless error. It happens to the best of us. Now, so often that will happen, but when people are leaving, they'll tell me how great I was and how perfect everything was. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. One would think that they wouldn't say that when I have that black mark on my record for that night, but they did. Now, rewind to early in my career, I could make the same mistakes in theory for the same people and they could get impatient with me. What's the difference? Confidence. That's the difference. Now, I'm confident. But it's not like an armored confidence. Like a, you better not mess with me confidence. Like I make the mistake and I'm like, you got a problem with that? <laughs> like Confidence isn't like confrontational. It's not imposing or formidable or masculine as some people might imagine. Confidence is a matter of both presence and absence. What is absent is a general unease with myself. That unease is contagious. People will detect that and they themselves will feel uneasy because when you are serving someone, people need to feel sure like you care, but they also need to feel kind of safe in your care. Simply caring isn't enough. When I was a young, unconfident server, I cared but the energy was wrapped up in caring about my own performance rather than the people in front of me. So the care was all internal, was all neurotic. Your care has to be projected outwards such that the people you're serving feel held by it. So if you make a mistake, they're like, it's okay, he's got this. He'll know how to recover, you know? He has the resources to because he is not spending these resources tripping himself up and worrying about himself and talking himself into a tangle. Confidence as an absence of obstacles, right? Now, confidence as presence is that detectable sense of yourself that you have. And this, again, is not a outward 
projection you make of your strength. It's not you saying, I'm confident in myself. Aren't I great? I rule. It's not you talking about all of your strengths and what you're capable of. And it's certainly not you showing off or deliberately demonstrating your skill in something. Confidence, by definition, has to be effortless. It is a quiet state of self-worth that takes zero effort to sustain. So there is no talking to yourself saying, I'm great, I'm awesome, I'm super, I'm so good. That is not confidence. That is you needing to exert effort to convince yourself that you're not deficient or distract yourself from your lack of confidence. Any effort expended to convince yourself of your worth suggests you have something to prove. And someone that is confident has nothing to prove. So what we're talking about here with confident people is a sense of worth regarding who they are that is self-evident. It's something they simply know and don't have to do any work establishing. And in theory, this self-worth is unshakable by outside influence. So someone tells you that you suck, they're just giving you information about what they need from you. They're not in a position to define your worth. Now, a truly confident person wouldn't dismiss this saying, you know, F you, I'm confident, and nothing you say matters. That's a certain egotism, actually, that is not the province of confident people. A confident person is strong enough to be able to take criticism without it destabilizing their identity. They're enthusiastic to hear it because it gives them more information in order to serve better. They are not afraid of any of that criticism being directed at them. Now, I'm talking about ideals here, okay? I consider myself pretty confident. Obviously, criticism still affects me. I don't like how it feels. I just know that it doesn't have a relationship to who I am and has any say in that matter, even if sometimes I don't like how it feels and some of the thoughts that it triggers in me. So yeah, defined on these terms now, confidence kind of sounds pretty equivalent to, you know, self-actualization, self-realization, all of this stuff people aspire to on paths of self-development, spiritual awakening, and whatnot. Yeah, it is, basically. It is the sort of practical, behavioral feature of a certain kind of enlightenment. That is ultimately what you get from true confidence, all right? You might want to feel more confident when talking to girls or feel more confident when asking for that promotion, but that's just like one compartmentalized function of confidence. If you're truly confident, you are ultimately happy, comfortable, and enthusiastic to live in your own skin and live this life that you have truly established in who you are. Not only that, but 
be resilient to whatever life throws at you. You get met with a challenge you never really saw coming, and you have the confidence to meet that challenge without you feeling like you aren't enough. Because as soon as our confidence is threatened, our very sense of ourself is threatened. And ourselves are never really threatened. Our integrity of who we are is never actually threatened. This is just the mind believing that we are lacking in some way. But the mind is really strong. And it's really convincing. And that's why what I'm talking about here, in terms of establishing yourself in a true state of confidence, is easier said than done. (laughs) Because confidence can't just occur because you want it to even though that's an important factor. It's a good place to start. You can't just will confidence into existence. You need a reason to be confident. The problem is, in our culture, in modern techno-industrial culture, we are conditioned to look for confidence in the wrong places. We are taught to derive confidence from achievements, creating results outside of ourselves that are then measured and fed back to us and interpreted by our minds as something to be confident about. And this definition of ourselves and our worth by that which we accomplish outside of ourselves is the antithesis of confidence. It has the same effect on our confidence as junk food has on our total health and well-being. Temporary relief and satisfaction, but it creates a conditioning to be dependent on something outside of us to give us confidence. Just like, you know, junk food is addictive. Sugar is addictive. Substances are addictive. So are achievements as a mechanism of giving us A confident simulation, you know, that dopamine hit that tells us that we are great and life is great, that wears off. Confidence needs to be cultivated from within. You can't really get it from achieving anything. Sorry, you can look for evidence to the contrary, but you won't find it. Because if it was true that you can get it simply from achieving things, then you can look at people who have achieved things and find that the more they've achieved, the more confident they are. But that is rarely the case. The tennis champion is going to dwell on the two matches he lost rather than the 60 that he won. He's going to see only his weaknesses and feel paranoid about their very existence. Or the self-made billionaire business tycoon is going to dwell on the market share that he doesn't have, that his competitors do. And if only he was a little better at this, then they wouldn't have that. There are extremely confident people that have achieved a lot. The difference is they've probably worked on themselves. Some people are naturally kind of at ease and at peace with themselves. More Often, though, this requires work, especially highly motivated people whose sense of themselves has wired and contorted around scoring 
whatever achievements they feel they need to score to feel whole and at peace. But it's not the achievements themselves that are the source of confidence for these people. It's the kind of person that they see themselves showing up as in their lives on a daily basis. That is their source of confidence. And as they mature, what they find is the things they value are not the achievements that they had previously thought were so important, but the value they have to others in sometimes very small ways. So these people can make all the achievements in the world, but ultimately, all that really gives them confidence is their acceptance of themselves, their acknowledgement of their own self-evident worth, and then from there, they just care about what value they can be to others. And this part isn't even necessary for confidence. It's just a natural aroma of a confident person that's accepted themselves. And any achievement that occurs in their life is simply the result of them being of service in their particular way and not at all requiring these achievements to feel whole and accepting of themselves. But so many haven't discovered this and have to keep achieving simply for the sake of it, filling this bottomless pit of lack, of perceived lack. World-renowned experts struggle with confidence. They could write 50 books on a subject and then be sitting in a chair worried that they're going to be found out that they're frauds, that they know nothing about the subject because they are disconnected from an internally generated sense of worth. They're just thinking about whatever their colleague discovered that they didn't and feeling lacking in some way. Right. That's enough examples. Let's take this back to serving. And let's start from the fact that in any service role, confidence is going to be a struggle unless you are an empowered server, unless you're connected to the power and possibility of the role. But looking at the role of any service position, strictly from these North American techno-industrial standards, you may find it hard to remain connected to your sense of self-worth. But that is because you're using a means of measuring your worth by external standards. So in North America, the server is generally considered on the lower end of the totem pole status-wise. The position doesn't have a lot of esteem in that regard. There are a lot of reasons for this that are beyond the scope of this episode. I'll mention a few in the hopes that it will reveal the fact that the way we look at service is conditioned by historical events that are very specific rather than this sort of like absolute truth of service as some sort of low status position. But in our own history in North America, we look at service as something reminiscent of slavery, which our country was built on. So it's possible that we might have a certain reaction to serving because we have so abused the server role in our cultural history of, of enslaving and forcing people into servitude. And now we're trying to move beyond 
that and heal from it collectively. And here we are in a service position being reminded of the fact that servitude is always the role of a people that are being exploited. So we can't help but carry that baggage with us when we are serving and feel at least somewhat like an echelon of society that is in a position to be exploited and that is somehow lost. Like a server might feel they've somehow lost a battle or they have not yet won their own battle. They have not yet achieved what they wanted to in life, so they are now in a position where service must be done to get by, to make ends meet. And most of the time, in most service industries, especially food and beverage and hospitality, the organization that we work for doesn't make this any better. Management, who has no idea how to nurture and develop their staff professionally, Usually, they just look at them as a pair of hands that needs to sell more and make fewer mistakes. Ever worked anywhere where you felt like you or your colleagues were simply being looked at as potential problems and not as assets? Like this breakable object that's going to fall off the shelf at any moment and make a mess? That's all they're thinking about. And huffing and puffing constantly every time you do something that inconveniences them. And they do nothing but chisel away at the confidence of their serving staff by focusing only on their errors, only on how they can be better, and rather than what they already have to offer as service professionals. All they do is identify their weaknesses and say, make those go away, please. When, you know, most of the time we don't really know how. With no attention paid to building on their strengths. So really, for people that are vulnerable to the opinions of leadership, which is like a lot of people, it is extremely hard to be standing on firm ground as far as our sense of self-worth is concerned. And... I could certainly just keep criticizing the hospitality industry and say, you guys need to learn how to be leaders, and once you do, everything will be better. That's not true either, even though, yes, (laughs) they do need to learn to be real leaders, real professionals that know how to build, nurture, and grow a team, rather than just the only person that's allowed to be an asshole to their coworkers. That's really... (laughs) All I see a lot of the time, someone who has permission to externalize all of their criticisms because of their role, but not because they at all contribute anything to the higher functioning of the team. A real leader is still in service and is especially in service to the team, to the needs of the team. Anyway, that's way beyond the scope of today's episode because ultimately it doesn't matter what leadership offers and doesn't offer because confidence is an inside job. It is your responsibility as a professional to cultivate. And having toxic, demoralizing leadership is really challenging, but 
ever clarifying proof that you cannot depend on anyone outside of yourself to provide you with your sense of self-worth, your own confidence that you can carry into any situation. So what's going to override these tremendous obstacles to self-confidence? There's this role of service, which is to begin with looked down upon by society, either overtly or subtly. And then there is the tendency of whoever is charged with leading you do more in the way of discouragement than encouragement. Where is the location of your worth? Where can it be seen and felt and experienced when your environment is not reflecting it back to you? So how to have confidence, that is a tall order when it comes to like how to guide, since it is something that is only real if it's totally spontaneous and effortless. And people go to tremendous lengths to cultivate confidence in themselves because it's often considered to be the culmination of everything in your life being the way you want it to be. Now, yes, you should strive for everything in your life to be the way you want it to be, definitely. But ultimately, confidence is much simpler than that. It's not oh, I just need to have the job I want. I just need to have the body I want. I'll work out every day and I'll feel confident. I just need to have the skills I want and the knowledge I want and the romantic partner I want and the money that I want and the things that I want. And there's this collection of reasons to be confident. But really, to truly be confident means accepting yourself without requiring a reason to do so. Because fully actualized people who may or may not have some combination of these things don't need these things to accept themselves. They just do. Which means you don't need these things either to accept yourself. You can just do it. Now, it sounds much simpler because it is, but your mind isn't going to let it remain simple. You could say to yourself, I'm going to be confident and I don't need reasons to be. Your mind is going to say, no, no, no. These are the reasons you need to be confident. These are the things you need to have in place. So every time that occurs, your mind says, you don't have these in place. So therefore, you know, you cannot be confident. You are not whole. You need to show up for yourself when that happens and accept yourself like you would accept someone that you love for all of your proclaimed inadequacies that you'll probably find out aren't really inadequacies. So, like, fully actualized people are the person they want to be. And that means they're even fine when whatever is arising in their behavior is not exactly the person they want to be or thought they were. They have the nimbleness to accept that version of themselves as well, it's a constant in-motion state of acceptance. They're accepting of themselves as an in-process state. They are always in process. And they trust that process. They trust that if they falter, it is part of their process of learning and growth. That is confidence. Allowing yourself to be 
not necessarily the ideal person you'd imagined for yourself during your process of growth and discovery. Confident people are absolutely fine making mistakes. In fact, they embrace them. The art of embracing challenges is probably its own episode. So I'll just give you this technique. This technique is incredible. So anytime you see yourself being not the person you imagined being, or you're thinking back and like resenting your previous self, which is another way of chiseling away at your confidence, look at yourself the way a mentor, an enlightened master, or a Buddha would look at yourself. How would they look at you? With compassion, with trust that you're at the right place you need to be on your journey, you're learning the lessons you need to learn, and with total acceptance, love, and compassion rather than resentment. You can even do entire meditations around that. You just observe your mind as a guru would. Because that wise, trusting, confident inner being is in you already. You just need to connect with it. So confidence is a practice. And you're not really practicing being confident. You're practicing being the person you want to be and you're practicing accepting the person that you are. And you have opportunity after opportunity to do this. And you can observe results and observe results that are encouraging and that should help move along the confidence cultivating process. So when you are serving, you are always being called to show up as the person that you want to be and observe how you feel about the person you're being. And if you feel good about that person, then you are in alignment and able to really serve. And no matter how it goes, you could bumble everything up. You could serve people that are utterly ungrateful and don't care at all, but you are satisfied with the way you showed up, then that is a source of confidence. And then that state of mind can become more and more permanent and sustainable. And what you'll see more and more is the positive effect of you showing up as the person you want to be in service. You'll see people more likely to respond positively to you. You can't expect it all the time, but you'll be able to witness the value you bring. And that should really help with confidence. Seeing firsthand the value that you bring, even when whatever you deliver is by some techno-industrial standard, imperfect. You know that you're playing your role exactly as you should. So it takes a bit of trust here, a bit of trust that you are exactly the person you need to be to bring exactly the value that the world needs in that moment. I'm absolutely sure you're that person. Now you just need to be sure and don't let in any bullshit techno-industrial measurement systems that will try and tell you why you're not exactly the valuable person that the world needs because you don't have this or that skill set, knowledge, money, status, whatever. And here's one really good indicator of your intrinsic value. The fact that you are able to show up to the role of service is a demonstration that you are powerful.
you have enough inner resources to be able to give them to another to listen to, accommodate, and meet what they need. You are the gatekeeper of needs. You you are in charge in that moment of whether someone thrives or suffers. And if you choose thrive, then that is a demonstration of that power. Service is always the act of someone that is fulfilled. Someone who has accomplished all they need to in life for themselves, and they have generated so much inner abundance that all they can do now is give it away because they need nothing else. Service, any kind of service, is an expression of that fulfillment. Because you're no longer wrapped up in yourself, you're able to bring your attention outwards into others. Now, very few people can probably say that that is their experience all the time, but there is a place within you that is fulfilled. And it is only the mind games that we play with ourselves that allow this narrative that we are lacking and unfulfilled. And if we're serving in a restaurant and we're feeling lowly, we're feeling discouraged by our managers, we're feeling exploited, all of these beliefs that we have are only true insofar as our mind is telling us this. These are just beliefs that form around service, but service itself comes from a place of power and fulfillment and requires a certain amount of confidence simply to do it at all. So service is innately powerful and we are disconnecting ourselves from our own innate power and confidence by entertaining these beliefs about what society thinks of our status as servers, what our managers might think of us, and all of these other factors that falsely degenerate our perception of the value we're bringing. In that moment where we show up to people that need us to serve them, and we do with our fullest of heart and our best of intentions that we can connect with, with as much attention that we can give and interest in the other that we can give. If we are doing simply this, then we are serving as any self-realized, fully actualized being is serving. As that billionaire tech tycoon who now runs a not-for-profit because they want to give back because they've got everything they want in life. Or the enlightened master who has dedicated themselves to simply healing the suffering of the world because they feel so fulfilled inside. It is the same energy as serving a table, a simple meal. So your reasons to be confident can be self-generated by simply serving and having a relationship to it that is available to the simple truth of how much it offers the moment and how much value it brings to others, independent of all the other bullshit you might hear from society or your managers. It is the most powerful thing you can do. So, like, what am I saying here? Am I making, like, really bold claims 
about the fact that all you have to do is like be a waiter somewhere and you're as awesome as like a spiritual leader. That's an external measurement anyway, you know, based on status and achievement. Being a spiritual leader can be measured by certain, you know, techno-industrial standards of achievement. How big is your following? How big is your impact? Blah, blah, blah. What I'm saying is the only difference between your actions and the actions of a spiritual leader are your relationship to those actions and yourself while you are serving. Do you get the fact that what you're doing has value? Can you see it? Are you paying attention to it? Because it's happening right in front of you. All other measurements of your value are arbitrary besides the ones you can see happening right in front of you. The ones that are self-evident because you're paying attention and not getting distracted by these bullshit narratives about the status level of the service role and the place that you aren't at in your life that you should be or whatever. So I hope you can see here that all of this confidence you may want begins to dawn not when you actually work on the trade of confidence, but when you reunite with your sense of self-worth. That's really what's at play here with confidence. You're showing up for yourself. And I've talked a lot about serving others as a result, but the first person you need to serve is yourself. So a confident person is always ready to serve, especially when the person that needs service is their self. That means giving yourself everything you need. That means meditating. That means eating well, exercising, sleeping well, treating yourself as worthy, doing things for your well-being as you would do for someone you cared about. This creates confidence programming. Confidence and self-worth become habitual. They become automatic the more your actions towards yourself have that flavor of this guy is valuable. He needs to be cared for properly, just as you would a VIP in a restaurant. You can't simply tell yourself how awesome you are when your actions do not demonstrate any care for your well-being. That is a total contradiction. You live confidence. You live it through your actions towards yourself. And sure, this is hard to sustain within our busy lives, and especially when the persecuting mind kicks in and makes a very convincing case that we have nothing to be confident about, that is a really good time to catch yourself and say, where do I get off saying this to myself? If I said this to a client, to a group of people I was serving in a restaurant, they would be outraged. They would demand their money back. They would go on a negative review tirade online. Catch yourself treating yourself in a way that would outrage any other human being on the planet. And remind yourself that if total strangers deserve good service, deserve my energy expended towards satisfying their own needs, elevating their own experience, contributing to their well-being, why can't that be turned inward? And when you can witness how much what you have to offer 
in a very simple way that's not measured by techno-industrial standards, when you can see how much you have to offer yourself, benefits yourself, then you can also take that awareness into seeing how much what you have to offer benefits others, independent, again, of your status level, skills, whatever. You want to be confident? Pay attention to what really matters, to what really has value. These things are much simpler and much richer than whatever the powers that be are saying is important. They probably don't have enough self-worth to make any claims around what is worthy. Only you can do that. All right, get out there and do it. Hopefully a little more confidently. <laughs> All right, see you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Serve Conscious podcast. For more free content, please check out the website at www.serveconscious.com and join the mailing list to get excerpts from the forthcoming book, as well as other delicious morsels of content. All right, look forward to chatting with you again. See you later. Bye-bye.